Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, your host, Dustin Lunt here, and with me, my co-host, Jacob Trowbridge. Hello, hello. How are you we doing? recording in the afternoon. It's, it's wild. This is so unlike us. It is, it is. But, you know, it's good to switch things up a little bit, keep things fresh. That's exactly right. We don't want to become those stale night timers only. That's right. You know, you know the type. That's right. So uh, this week's episode, we are talking NFC East Divisional Breakdown. Uh, we have a very special guest with us again this week uh, to keep on our, our Homer's Corner, talking about their favorite team within the division and their inside uh, info into what they feel like their division is all about. So uh, we have Shane Manila with us, who will be joining us joining us shortly, easy for me to say. Uh, but before we get into that, what are you drinking, Jake, here? I am switching it up a little bit here today. We're drinking in the afternoon, so I figured I should drink, uh, switch up my drinking habits as well. I am rocking a Bloody Mary. Nice. Because, you know, Wisconsin and all that. I have all the accoutrements. As one the should. Stick, the celery, the, the pickle, etc. Uh, and I'm using some Tito's vodka just to try and make it a little classy. Oh. What are you drinking? I'm drinking another working draft uh, beer company, beer. Um, I picked up a bunch of crawlers the other day, so uh, I'm drinking that. I'm drinking there. To those who wait, Czech Pilsner. Uh, it's a very tasty beer, I'm not going to lie. I had one of them already, and it is delicious. Rocking the pills. That's right. Would you say it's so good that you would kills for the pills? I would kills for the pills. Yes. Wow. Okay, that's a high. That's a high ranking. I don't even think that could be quantified on a five star scale. <laughs> oh no, definitely not. <laughs> I will say my, I like mine because I did drink quite a bit last night, and I'm still somewhat uh, recovering from that. And so you know, it has those good enzymes in the Bloody Mary mm-hmm. mix, is what I'm told. That's right. Uh, Lots of vitamins. Yeah, that's right. And and a beef stick is basically a hangover cure 101. Mm-hmm. That it is. That it is. So before we uh, get Shane on here, should we do our... Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week? Oh, yeah. All right. So this, this week's uh, is quite a... Uh, it's an interesting one. This one comes in on Twitter at FF Terminator. And Randall says, I woke up one morning to an offer of Alvin Kamara and the 202 for my Cooper Cup. This was about three weeks ago. So this is actually more of a hangover trade, speaking of. This mm-hmm. is this isn't even really I mean it's a drunk trade for the person who was sending it, obviously. And a, uh, maybe a hungover trade for the person accepting. Yes. So, do we have any follow up with this? Did the did he actually accept it? What 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 happened here? Did he did he get Camara? What I what I uh, I asked him. I said two questions: How recently was it, and how how long did it take you to smash accept? Um, and he said it was about three weeks ago. And he just replied with a GIF of the cat pounding on the keyboard, which to me suggests <laughs> that he was quick to take it. And why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Boss here, Dustin. What do you think? Yeah, I would take the Camara side pretty much every day of the week here. I, love I would take it straight up, if I'm being honest. I, I yeah. don't need that early second. No, this, the second is just a little added something-something on there. 
uh, that I really like. But yeah, Cooper Cup for Kamara. As much as I love Cup and I've got him on on most of my teams, uh, to have Kamara is just, oof, yeah, smash accept. That's a spicy meat ball. Uh, yeah, so you can't. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy who sent that. I mean, I don't. But I like to pretend that I'm empathetic on this show. So mm. hypothetically, I would feel bad for the guy who sent uh, Alvin Kamara and the 202 away. I do think, for what it's worth, Kamara will be better than he was last year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, uh, maybe not by a huge margin, but by a little bit. Oh, I expect him to, to rebound uh, after last season. We know he was hurt. He had Teddy Bridgewater for a while. Um He'll he'll be he'll be he'll bounce back into prime form, and people that are buying low on him right now are going to be pleasantly, pleasantly pleased come the next fantasy season. That's right. So on a scale of how terrible and how drunk this person was who sent it, let's use the Tito scale. How many shots of Tito's uh, do you think this this fine folk had? Like five. Five shotter. Yeah. Back to back to back to back. Oh, absolutely. Was that enough backs? I don't know. Maybe you had one other back, but yeah, I think you're. I think you're on the right pace. Okay. Well, we will be right back with our uh, guest Shane. Welcome back, everyone. We have our guest here, Shane. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing freaking awesome. I guess I should have asked you first. Cursing is frowned upon. Uh, oh, it's encouraged. It's encouraged. Oh, yes. Yeah. Great. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No censoring on our show. Good. Good. I love it. So, um, Shane, why don't you tell our listeners here a little bit about who you are, where they can find you, what you do, etc. I don't do much, but you can find me on the Twitters at uh, Shane is the worst. Um, If you wanted to find me on Facebook, I guess you could do that at uh, Shane Manila, my name. Uh, Co-host of the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. Um, I just... You know, I'm kind of biased. I think we, we bring the most information slash entertainment um, to all the Dynasty Trades uh, podcasts. You know, it's very niche market, but uh, we like it. And, uh, you know, I contribute to fantasy pros here and there. But uh, other than that, just a podcast and writing a little bit and sharing my thoughts and feelings on Twitter way too much. <laughs> As everybody does, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Dustin, I feel I feel like we disrespected actually by not allowing Shane to comment on our drunk trade of the week. I feel like if any guest was meant to do that, it was probably him. Should we ask what what his feelings are on this drunk trade this week? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this was submitted in uh, from Twitter, and the guy says uh, he woke up one morning to an offer of Alvin Kamara and two o two for his Cooper Cup. This was three weeks ago. So the person sending it was drunk. Clearly. Where do you fall? How high how how as well? Did he, did he know if he was stoned? You know, no. he didn't. He didn't. We could always assume that, but he didn't. I mean, I'm going to assume he was tweaking on meth. <laughs> that's, that's freaking terrible. Oh, my God. I would, uh, I mean, I don't even know in what format you would trade Alvin Kamara straight up for Cooper Cup. Maybe no PPR for wide receivers and two point PPR for uh, or the other way around no PPR for running backs and two points for wide receivers <laughs> and then you're like you know what for funsies I'm just going to give you the 102 which is you know I don't know if it's super flux <laughs> did it say it did not no. specify so, okay but you're looking at you know either JT Taylor or, or excuse me Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift or J.K. Dobbins 
if you're a JK Dobbins stand like me. So yeah, dude, that's horrible. You should be ashamed. I don't <laughs> care how drunk you are. That is like waking up to a disgusting mess next to you um, and going, oh, well, I was drunk. There's no excuse sometimes. Um, I don't care how much <laughs> you, you heard drunk. drink. Yeah, no, how, no matter how drunk mm-hmm. you are. And this goes for men or women. There's no excuse to bring home something that, you know, the next morning you wake up and go, seriously, <laughs> you know, something that makes you question your life decisions. And I think that's what that trade did. That would make me question my life decisions. <laughs> that's fair. Well, thank you for your input on that. Yes. Uh, we both agreed that we would still take Camara straight up to Cooper Cup no matter what. So I'm glad that we're all on the same page. This was terrible. You should feel bad about yourself. All right, Dustin, you want to get us into the rest of it? Yeah, so we are talking NFC East this week. Um, Just breaking down teams, free agency moves, draft needs here with the draft coming up this next week, uh, things like that. So why don't we start with your Eagles? Yay. Um, So, so. I don't know if they're going to be able to get get over that Josh McCown loss. It's tough. It's tough, man. Yeah, I didn't want to bring it up. I figured it would, it would really push some salt into the wounds. No, yeah, that, that's tough. I mean, my man played on a torn butt cheek in the playoffs um, after debating and Clowney's dirty, um, sadistic, uh, damn near criminal, uh, illegal hit on Carson Wentz's poor head. Yeah, you, you you're in good company here because we hate the Seahawks yeah. as well. So, <laughs> yeah, they're they're a horrible team, horrible organization horrible people basically for um employing such a devious scandalous criminal um like javadian clowny or however you pronounce his name um and honestly uh, just the whole seattle state no, seattle washington the city of seattle should have been banished from america and actually the state of washington probably as well but you know whatever i'm not bitter at all Oh, I can no, tell. Clear. <laughs> maybe steps. Maybe in 2022 they'll get some suspensions brewing for that, you know, in retrospect or something. I think, but, you know what, though? I do like that the league is apparently blackballed clowny and no one's signing him. So I appreciate that the NFL has colluded <laughs> to do that. So obviously Philly hasn't really made any offseason additions here, you know, with free agency. Um, not a lot of notable losses to speak of. Uh, so, so what what are you hoping for here with the draft coming up? Well, you know, if you play IDP, they did make a couple moves, and I don't play IDP. And I Neither do we. <laughs> but you know, there's Darius Slay they got. He's a shutdown corner. So whoever is playing corner on the other side, pick that guy up every week because he's going to get targeted. Um, they left themselves in a really precarious position going into this draft. Um, you're counting on Deshaun Jackson to come back healthy, um, which, you know, he's a 30 plus 30 year old speedster. Um, now he had a great game, one great game, because he only played one full game last year where he went eight for 154 and had 250 yard plus touchdowns. So that's great, but um, it's kind of hard to extrapolate that over a, a full season. Because mm-hmm. um, then, you know, you could do that. But he'd have something like, you know, based off that 170 receptions for 3,000 yards and 32 touchdowns. Which would be a pretty good season. Yeah. (laughs) And then you got Alshon Jeffrey, who I I forget if he blew his Achilles out or it was a knee injury. I forget. Either way, he's probably out for the first season of the month. Um, He hates the quarterback. 
Um, he's clearly the, the leak in the locker room. Um, so, yeah, they left themselves in a position where they have to draft wide receivers in the draft, and they have to hit, and they have to hit almost immediately. Like, these aren't guys like, you know, J-Jaw was absolutely trash last year. They can't draft a guy in the second round um, or in the first round and have that happen again. Um, Wentz didn't have any receivers that had more than 500 yards last year. That, that's ridiculous. And, you know, people bring up, well, he had Zach Ertz and he had Dallas Goedert. So it's almost like having good wide receivers. Except it's not. You know, it's a whole different makeup. Like, you know, those aren't explosive players downfield. And um, I just you don't like Austin Scott getting rolled out as your wide receiver, too. You don't like that idea. And basically, Miles Sanders being your wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's not, that's not uh, a recipe for success. So they've left them themselves in a place where they're at in the draft. Every wide receiver, the top five, could be gone um, if they don't trade up. So they put themselves in a position because they didn't sign any receivers. Like, you know, Rashard Perryman was out there. You could have got him for $6 million. Robbie Anderson, you could have got for $10 million. So now they're in a spot where they have to draft C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Jalen Reger, Denzel Mims, Justin, Mef- uh, Justin Jefferson, one of these guys. And if they really want one of the big three, which is C.D., Judy, and to me, Reger, but probably to the league rugs, they're going to have to move up. Um, it's hard to do. Um, they got mm-hmm. the picks for it. But they better double dip. Like those first two rounds, like they have to come out of that draft with something like Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb in the first, and in the second round, it's got to be like Denzel Mims, Jalen Reger, or uh, Michael Pittman. And my worst fear is they only come out of the draft making Michael Pittman their, you know, pick in the second mm-hmm. round. Right. And there's nobody really left at this point to go ahead and say, well, after the draft, we'll figure it out by going back into the free agent pool, snagging some guys up. There's no guys left. You've, there are zero options on, on the free agency wire right now to help with that. A trade, maybe. Could you foresee them making any kind of trades, whether it be on draft day or, or beyond? I don't put that past uh, Roseman the Eagles GM because he's pretty much the GM that reinvigorated the trade market or created this whole trading frenzy that has now happened in football. I think we're all old enough to remember what, 10, 15 years ago, trades didn't happen mm-hmm. in football. <laughs> like, you, you know, it might be a third string lineman um, here and there, but they just didn't happen. The trade deadline didn't matter. Now it's like, oh, I love it. And the draft. So if anyone could do that, it would be him. It's just I don't know who's out there as far as wide receivers that teams are selling. I mean, you hear OBJ. Minnesota's not trading him. I mean, unless they get back what they traded for him, a first, a third, and a fifth, I think. Um, And I'd gladly give that up for him. What about a guy like Curtis Samuel, who supposedly is on the market with Ravi going over there? He's a speed guy, you know? No, I I like Samuel. If, If they want to give up a third for him, fine. Um, you can't give up a day one or, or second round pick for him. And you need a legitimate wide receiver one or someone that's going to grow into a wide receiver one on this team. Now, Samuel is an upgrade on every receiver right now, except maybe a healthy Deshaun Jackson. Because, um, you know, Alshon, he can't go deep anymore. He, he doesn't have this. He never was a speedster anyway. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they need someone that's going to be a deep threat. And Samuel can do that, too. He is versatile enough, I think, to do that. He had a ton of air yards. I think he had the most in the league last year. and he, Or the most left on the field because Kyle Allen can't throw deep to save his life. Or Carson Wentz, um, he was actually ranked ninth in deep ball percentage the last two years, um, according to the deep ball project. I just discovered that today. That was fun. Um, just give them a shout out real quick. It said uh, brickwallblitz.com. So yeah, Wentz was ninth the last two yard two years, and that's with no one. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I said, he hit Deshaun Jackson for a game. So I mean, I won't mind Samuel at all. But if you're going to do that, give up a third for Samuel. But you still need to come out of the draft with C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy or both, or, or, <laughs> yeah, or Jalen Rager. You know what I mean? To me, those are the top three wide receivers. Even though the league really likes Henry Ruggs, um, even even at this point, I'll take Henry Ruggs, and I don't even like him. But uh, you know, it's he'd still be an improvement because Greg Ward's their best wide receiver right now. That's scary. But, hey, at least it's no longer Nelson Aguilar. Oh. Not that he was ever the best receiver there anyways, but at least that Albatross is gone. That's got to feel good in a way. Doesn't it's, so, it's so disappointing because, you know, he turned it around. It looked like, all right, Aguilar's going to be a player now. And then he just regressed, just completely regressed, dropping passes. Like, it was so bad last year. He'd catch a ball, and then he'd fumble it. Like, no one's around the guy. You're just like, dude, what, what are you? Doing? Why are we so pterodactyl arms for a cat? Where he doesn't, you know, his elbows are suddenly glued to his sternum. Somehow, terrible, man. Yeah, Sanders was the best wide receiver on that team last year. You know, you could send him in all routes, but again, your running backs and your tight ends shouldn't be your number one mm-hmm. receiving options. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the backfield? Speaking of Sanders, then, so Jordan Howard's gone. He went to Miami. So it's Sanders and then Boston Scott are basically your top two guys back there. Do you think, I'll ask you as the, the Eagles expert here, is it possible that Peterson does lean into Sanders then and gives him more of a, call it a traditional workhorse role, whatever you want to say, where he gets, you know, 65, 70% of snaps? I think what we saw last year when Howard went down, where Sanders had 60, 62% of the uh, rushing attempts, 62% of the market share of rushing attempts, compared to the 29% when Jordan Howard was there. I think that's something that we can say. I don't think he'll ever be at 70, 80%. He's just never going to be that guy. And you don't want him to be that guy. Because to me, even though the physical build's different, he's a Alvin Kamara type of player. He's a, and again, not at the level of, but he's a Christian McCaffrey type of player. You know, I'd be happy with 15 rushing attempts a game and five to six, seven receptions a game. That's how you want to use him. And Boston Scott is similar to him. He's a lot smaller. He's a lot sturdier, or thicker built. He's a similar player that you can use him in the same way. So I think they're, they're probably going to come out of this draft with at least one banger. Um, for Sanders' fantasy purposes, I'm hoping it's not someone like A.B. Dillon who could steal a bunch of touchdowns. Um but I think, you know, 62%, and if he sees 70 to 80 targets, you know, probably more, hopefully. But I still think he's going to be a running back one um, for the next few years. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, so you giving up anything to go get Boston Scott? Dustin, are you trying to trade for Boston Scott at all right now, just on the off chance that the, uh, you know, Darren Sproles type situation comes into play there? Yeah, maybe if he was a throw-in piece on a trade or something, but not actively going after him right now. 
Um, so I want to go back to the wide receivers for a second with uh, Sega. What happened to him last year? Everyone was so high on him coming out of the draft, and uh, I think we all agreed that the the fit seemed really good with the Eagles and then just did nothing all season. Any insight on uh, why that happened? Got nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he was drafted, uh, a lot of people said, oh, this is an Alshon clone. Um, he's going to be a jump ball specialist. He's not a speedster, but he's big-bodied. You know, he's short-handed, and, of course, he dropped everything in sight last year. Um, his route running was terrible. There was a, a few Twitter threads showing you how he was running his routes incorrectly. Um, you know, because to the average fan, we don't realize that when we're watching it. Mm-hmm. We just go, oh, Wentz's pass was so off right there. And, you know, a receiver, I forget who it was. It was an ex-receiver. Went on Twitter and said, no, Wentz threw where he was supposed to problem is is jj he gets to his spot and then starts floating away and you know by the time once lets go he's not there anymore he dropped touchdowns it just nothing i had no idea Hmm. he looked terrible he looked like he he had never played football at a high level before and there was no reason for it it's not like he held out there was a full camp he was never really injured i mean he had a small knee thing but he still practiced most weeks uh, he had the opportunity he, he to practice with the ones i just maybe the moment was too big for him mm-hmm. just nothing trust me and you know even in the local the local beat writers and stuff it was never like anyone came out and was like this is what's going on with them you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it's a confidence thing it just there was no no reason for it other than he was just bad which is kind of scary because then you're like wait does that mean he's just a bad player? right right or was he just a little spooked because he had to come in and do too much in his first year that he wasn't expecting to have to do with the injuries going down to the other guys and you know maybe it would have been better for him to just be able to chill out as a wide receiver three his first year and you know hang behind alshon and and deep jackson you know now he gets shoehorned into uh the de facto like i guess you wouldn't even say number one because Greg Ward basically became the, the number one there but do you have any hope for him this year man it's so hard because of recency bias and how bad he was um I mean there's still hope it's just that you look back at wide receivers drafted in the second round with that draft capital and put up the types of numbers he did not many have ever turned into anything um the good thing is if you still believe in them you can get them cheap mm-hmm. um, the bad thing is if you don't believe in them you can't sell them so right. he's just one of those guys you're kind of like holding and going alright well hopefully he does something this year but that's the other problem is if they come out of this draft with two wide receivers well then where does that leave him because one of those guys they're going to draft is definitely going to be the guy that's the one and you would think if they draft another second you know, second receiver early well that guy might already jump J.J. Mm-hmm. by the time camp rolls around or if it rolls around and, and then he's looking at being the wide receiver three on this team to young guys too not just old guys like last year it's one thing if he came in and you know Alshon was healthy and Deshaun was healthy and Aguilar were healthy and he was a wide receiver four and but he produced a little bit you could live with that cause mm-hmm. two old guys that were going to go but I don't know I, I just hold on to him but I don't there, there's you can envision a way that he's just washed at this point because of what could happen and the moves they need to make. I think my only silver lining for him, the hope, is that 
because I think there will be a super abbreviated offseason uh, if there is one. And it's like, well, hey, yes, if they bring in rookies, well, we know how hard it is for rookie wide receivers to come in without practice and all of a sudden just step into NFL gameplay. So if that happens, well, hey, he's got an offseason under his belt. Uh, in the system, so maybe that forces him to see some snaps. But yeah, I'd be I'd be nervous for sure about him. Now, if everything goes well with the draft, or if it goes the way you wanted to go with the draft, what are you doing with Carson Wentz? Where are you placing him for redraft purposes this year? So he was the QB twelve last year, and uh, it's funny because people just love to hate Carson Wentz for whatever reason. I think it's because he's a ginger. And uh, instinctively, as a as a human race, don't like gingers because you know they are mutants. There's only like three percent of the world's population are gingers, which you know, okay, they're weird animals. Whatever, fine. You ever meet a, a redheaded, left-handed person? It's terrifying. It's absolutely oh, terrifying. Yeah, no, that that's that's probably an alien. There's no. Way <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed to uh, breed because I don't know what what could spring from that. But um. He's a guy that, you know, you'll be able to get late in redraft leagues or later, I should say, because guys don't look at – no one looks at him in the level of Pat Mahomes, um, which is probably the only quarterback that I'd say you definitely – him and Lamar Jackson, you take over wins. After that, he had similar stats to Sean Watson, and nobody trashes Watson. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, he did it with no real receivers. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has tight ends that are very good, but you know, tight ends don't make explosive plays. They just don't, unless you're George Kittle mm-hmm. and you're a yak monster, or maybe Travis Kelsey. But Zach Ertz isn't that guy, and I love Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is more, you know, I'm going to get ten receptions for a hundred yards. Um, it's Jason Witten, basically. Yeah. Yeah, more slightly young Jason Witten. People forget how good he was when he was young. But he wasn't a guy that was just going to, you know, tear down the seam for like 80 yards. Mm -hmm. It's hard to score that way. It just is. Um, If they can add a legitimate deep threat, there's no reason he can't be a top five QB next year. I mean, he was top 12 with absolutely nothing. Like you said, Greg Ward was the leading wide receiver for the final four weeks. This is a guy that was a quarterback in college and had been on the practice squad like five straight years somehow. Um, And they did not want to promote him, but they didn't have a choice with the injuries and how badly everyone played. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right. Any last thoughts on the Eagles before we move on here? Um. Nah, nah, just uh, I'm buying Wentz, uh, still buying Sanders, and uh, whatever wide receiver they draft, you know, rookie, that might be a guy you look at for immediate impact because mm-hmm. they have to have it. Ooh, real quick, heads up, let's say for dynasty purposes, over a, a three-year period, would you rather have Ertz or would you rather have Goddard? <sighs> Man, I want to say Goddard. Because, you know, everybody's got Ertz leaving. But he's tied because of his contract. The way, you know, they restructured it last year. They really can't get out of it until... Texans will break it off again. I'm sure the Texans would trade for the contract. Yeah, I don't know what they have left, but they definitely would. And give up, you know, several picks. God, a junker. I'm going to say Ertz. I mean, people... He's another guy people kind of discount. You know, they talk about it's Kelsey and Kittle. Mm, really? Ertz is right there with both those guys. And he's mm-hmm. been there. Like, Ertz is on his way to a Hall of Fame career. People don't 
seem to understand. He has the most catches ever for a tight end for your first seven years. His yardage, it's top five touchdowns, too. Um, I'm going to take Ertz uh, with the hope or the expectation that he'll at least be an eagle for two of those seasons. I like that. I think mm-hmm. that that's a good discounted tight end to go after for sure. Yeah. People are trying to sell him last year because of Goddard. They were trying to sell him the year before because Goddard got there. Like, gosh, just calm down. Just <laughs> He's still super great. He's really good. Just be happy. Absolutely. All right, so let's move on to the Cowboys here. So, <laughs> I know. I keep talking about this. We have to do it, though. We're professionals. <laughs> hey, speak for your damn self. All right, I've never agreed to the professional term here. <laughs> I think that allows me more flexibility to shit talk, and I don't want to give that up. I just threw a battery at the show sheet when I saw Dallas. <laughs> so, expected. It's understandable. But the losses. Let's talk about the losses then to start, because that's nicer. That's a way to ease in here. So Randall Cobb gone, Tavon mm-hmm. Austin, whatever. Jason yeah. Witten, finally old man Witten's out of there. Uh, they're losing some O-line help. Travis Frederick, I mean, to be expected, I guess, in a way. But um, So they're gone. Uh, they've they've not really made any additions. They've just brought back a lot of their own guys. So they did tag, um, you know, Prescott. They mm-hmm. re-signed Cooper. They re-signed Jarwin to a bigger contract. They have two kickers for some reason, which is interesting. Hey, you never have enough kickers. so i don't know a guy that i really like for dallas and you guys tell me if i'm if i'm crazy here um i don't think that i am but i'm still riding the zeke train um i know that mccarthy is coming in as the new coach so me and dustin certainly know old old mikey mikey mccarthy uh from his time with the packers and uh, Zeke had a weird year. It wasn't a terrible year, I don't think, but it was a weird year for him. Um, but I think his usage is still absolutely going to be there. Everything mm-hmm. else is pretty well the same for him. Um, but he's a guy that's not getting as much respect uh, in Dynasty as, you know, your other top-tier guys. Like even him and Kamara, I think a lot of people are leaning towards just taking Kamara straight up because of the receptions. But give me Zeke. So I don't know. How do you feel about Mr. Elliot. So here's the, here's the thing about Zeke. Um, one, he's just not a likable human being, um, which sure. definitely clouds things. You know, mm-hmm. I think it was part of the reason that Juju ascended so highly because you know it was like, oh, this kid's great, and he's a fucking cool guy. Like, oh, go buy everyone sneakers. Where Zeke, it's like, hey, you beat women. You're a scumbag. Uh, you're getting in the fights all the time. You look right. like a fucking uh, Ewok. Um, and you just <laughs> generally... Not even seem... a cool version of the Ewok. Yeah, no, like, like an a douchebag one. Like, he just seems like a douchebag. Um, that said, he's been a hell of a fucking player. It's just, I think, what scares me about him is he's starting to enter that age range where he's going to be 25 next year. Um, that means he has two years of production based off every other running back that's ever played football. Obviously, there's outliers. There's guys that, you know, have played longer. Adrian Peterson is a guy that always comes to mind to me. Frank Gore, that keep producing. But their running back's production takes a a cliff dive after 26, um, after 25, actually. And he's got a lot of wear on him. Mm -hmm. He didn't see the targets last year that he saw the year before that. Um, Tony Pollard showed that he's pretty talented when you, you get him back there. Um, I would take Camaro over him, but 
but I don't expect Kamara to have – I expect their scoring to be similar next year. It's just that if someone is going to be an outlier at the running back position, it's someone like Kamara who's more of a natural receiver than a guy like Zeke that's, you know, he's not lining up wide and running routes. He's getting dump offs. And he's a douchebag, so I don't want him to do well. So that definitely colors it. Yeah, and McCarthy, you know, he's not known to throw to his running backs, at least, you know, with the Packers. I mean – they would run him up the middle and that was about it and, and use it maybe to establish the play action pass, but that was about it. So I, I, I would expect his receptions maybe to be more in line with what they were this past year and not what they were a couple years ago. Uh, but that's just not traditionally how McCarthy has used his running backs. Now, hold on, hold on. What about cheeseburger Eddie, who was the king of the screens for that, for his rookie year where he was taking those dump offs and, you know, he'd get a 60 yard scamper because he had excellent blocking. I was going to say that was more Eddie than the play calling. I think (laughs) you want to put that on the, on the shoulders of, of Eddie Lacey. Why George? Wide. Well, wide. that that was the slimmest he ever was. He he had quick movements that year. It all went downhill after his rookie year. <laughs> Dude, he was, you know, real quick. He was he could have been so good mm-hmm. if he had any motivation to work out or work on his game at all. Because just natural ability, yeah. And you saw it in that rookie year and a little bit the next year, mm-hmm. um, and before he blew up and became a Sherman tank. <laughs> He was a really good player, and he was pretty nimble for a big, giant, fat bastard. Mm-hmm. He was kind of the the Ben Roethlisberger of running backs while he was there, you know. And he like, always had ankle issues and shit, yeah. uh, and he didn't move swiftly. Like it, it never yeah. looked amazing. It was amazing just to see him rack up yards because you're like, how is he still doing this? I don't understand how you're still running at this point. Uh, but yeah, you never. I at least as Packers homer never felt super confident anytime that he got the ball beyond, you know, year two for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, McCarthy had Aaron Jones and really Jamal Williams isn't a bad player. So I feel bad about like making it sound like he should never touch the field, especially last year. He showed how good of a receiver he is. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Jones is far superior. Like the splits they had last year, that it, that it should have been a little higher on Jones' side, but even if that was what McCarthy did, I think it would have been more acceptable. But like you had this really explosive player in Aaron Jones, and I, I don't watch Packer all, all the time, but it looked like Jamal Williams slimmed down and was faster last year mm-hmm. than before. Okay, so then you know you had a fatter, slower version of Jamal Williams, and you had this explosive version of Aaron Jones, and you're like, nope, nope, gonna just run that right down the middle. Like, no, why? Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It is. It's been frustrating for quite a while. But yeah. uh, hey, this is not the Packers show. We'll talk about the. Well, I just <laughs> meant in the sense that I don't know that McCarthy is going to make the best decisions with Zeke. Right, and, and that's then, my big concern. And I go back to him have when he did have Eddie Lacy, which to me at least, I don't know. In those first few years when he had him, he did use him and he used him well. He tried to preserve him a little bit more. I want to believe it's because of the injury concerns. And he had the similar injury concerns with Aaron Jones. And so, uh, you know, and even last year, LaFleur tried to keep him corralled a little bit, like you said. He didn't want to overuse him. My hope is that that was the cause, not that I'm just an idiot and I'm not going to use these guys correctly. So I hope that Zeke is still out there in your, your typical stud range, you know, in terms of snap counts. 
uh, and that Pollard is just the occasional big play guy, but I could very easily be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there could also be the thing that, you know, maybe McCarthy actually did learn stuff when he was away from football, and now he's looking at Pollard mm-hmm. like, this is a guy that I got to get the ball in his hands at least 10 times a game because, you know, he's just lightning quick. Like, I, I don't care if it's I got to put him in the slot, if I'm putting him out wide, if he's a wildcat something. Um, so it's interesting because it could go either way. And I still hate Zeke, so I hope it goes badly for him. There's <laughs> like one player, that I, and it's funny because, I, you know, I own all types of players. I own Joan Mixon that broke a girl's face, but I refuse to own Zeke in any leagues. I, I don't know what well, it is. Well, it's compounded. It's compounded there. Yeah. Yes, he's a shitty, awful person, but also yeah. he's a cowboy. So you have, you know, yeah. the compounding issue there. I understand there that. It's fine. Um, I'll tell you what, though, with the Cowboys, I'm a, for Dak Prescott, I'm a little concerned with the loss of Travis Frederick. Um, mm-hmm. Guy, wherever you want to put him, he's been a top five center his entire career. Um, and we had a, you know, we had the 2018 season. He sat out with that autoimmune disease that he has that I can't pronounce. Um, so I was just curious. So I looked up on uh, Football Outsiders. The Cowboys ranked in 2018 28th in pass blocking. Um, they had the fifth worst adjusted sack rate, and they gave up the second most sacks in the league. So I'm like, well, that's not good, but maybe they sucked last year too when he was there. So I looked that up, and nope, nope. They were second in pass blocking, gave up the second of fewest sacks, and ranked sack, second in adjusted sack rates um, percentage. That's uh, pretty telling. You mm-hmm. know, the center is probably the most important line when he's the one making the calls mm-hmm. and the adjustments. Uh, and Prescott, you know, his scoring drop last year, excuse me, he was the QB3, 21.8 points a game. Year before that, QB16, 17 points a game. And, you know, it might not have all been that Fredericks wasn't there, but I would bet you that at least a healthy portion of that was because of Fredericks not being there and then being there. Um, It'll be interesting to see what they do. I just I don't think that's great for Dak Prescott, um, and I don't think much of Randall Cobb, but he was a really good third wide receiver last mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, Gallup and and Mari Cooper excellent as your one and two. I reversed them there. Obviously, Cooper's the one, but I don't even know who their third wide receiver is going to be this year. It wouldn't surprise me if Tony Pollard really does get some slot work for that exact reason. Uh, obviously, there's still plenty of time for them to add guys, and, and they could and should. Uh, but if they don't, that's in, it'd be interesting there. Yeah. Me, me and Dustin have constant uh, back and forth about Amari Cooper. I don't know if there's a player in this world that we are more contentious about in terms of <laughs> our viewpoints on them. Uh, I'm still high on Cooper. I think he has a little bit of uh, oh, maybe a work ethic issue. I don't know. It's very bizarre what happens with him sometimes where he does just get, disappear for games. But he was better. He was more consistent this year, I think, than he's ever been. Uh, the year before, I cut him a break because he traded teams, and that's tough. That's hard yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. So, wait, first, Dustin, have you come around on my man Cooper yet? Not a lot. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I just I have a hard time believing in him. He always ends up at the end of the season with good stat lines, and that's great. He's always that wide receiver one. But the week-to-week variance, um, 
I, I try to avoid that if I can on my teams, especially if he's your wide receiver one on your team. Because uh, if, if you can get him as your wide receiver two, hey, that's great. You can you can get away with some of that variance. But as your wide receiver one, I, I'm looking for someone that's going to be consistently producing for me. Well, let me ask you both this question. Then. If we're talking about variance and week to week, you know, the up and downs of it, because there are some guys I think that are very similar to that, but they don't get quite as much shit for it. So a guy like Stefan Diggs, now new team, he's, he's with Buffalo. This year, would you just, I mean, straight up, you'd prefer Cooper or Diggs? I would, yeah, same here. Yeah. It's the now, upside of that offense. Like Mike Evans, same team, new quarterback, Tom Brady. There's also been some variance with Evans. He has more top-end games than Cooper ever does, but he does have that week-to-week volatility sometimes. Cooper Evans? Evans. Yeah, yeah, I'd go Evans, but that one's a little bit closer for me. And don't, don't worry about variance. I mean, there's no such thing as consistency in fantasy football from wide receivers. There just really isn't. Like, Tyreek Hill's not consistent. You know, that's why Devontae Adams uh, two years ago, Michael Thomas last year, were just insanely valuable because they were consistent and had a ceiling. Look, I'm, I'm fine. It's going to happen. And Amari Cooper is easier to tell than most Um Scott Barrett's done a lot of work on this and he's talked about it before that Amari Cooper's just really sensitive to cornerbacks if it's a top flight cornerback Amari Cooper's getting shut down that's just the the end of it that's what's going to happen you look at his stats and I was happy when the Eagles got Darius Slay traded for him Darius Slay shut him down in three games just any top flight cornerback he plays he's getting shut down that's fine you know what I mean I just expect it and Um, if he's on the injury report in any capacity like, it doesn't matter what it is. I really believe that if he shows up, there are plenty of guys who play through injuries or the injuries aren't as bad as it seems. I firmly believe if he's on the injury report at any point that week, you just don't play him uh, because it seems like for whatever reason, they really do focus on putting him out as a, maybe it's as a decoy or whatever, but yeah, he can't, he can't hang uh, if he's on the report. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get, I get what you're saying, Dustin, like, you know, I, I, he's not a guy that I go, okay, this is my wide receiver one even though he ends up as a wide receiver one at the end of the year. But he's definitely not the guy that I'm like, all right, this is this is who I'm building my wide receiver core around. He could be that second guy because he's going to give me a 40-point week. It's going to happen. And, yeah, he's going to give me a three-point week too, and hopefully I can just I can withstand that because I'm going to throw him out there every week. I'm not going to sit him unless he's not playing, even knowing that he's probably going to get shut down against a great quarterback, cornerback, you know, whatever, fine. It happens. Variance. People are scared of variance. I don't know why. I mean, just accept it at the wide receiver position. It's just part of life for them. Yeah, Dustin, you fucking hear that? Accept the <laughs> now, running backs, I want some consistency. You know what I mean? That's where I better – my running backs better at least give me 10 points a week at, you know, flex level and RB1. They better give me at least 15 a week. But a wide receiver – Whatever. You give me zero one week, 38 the next, I'll take it. Fair. So um, what are your thoughts about Blake Jarwin? He's finally the guy. He did flash last year when he had some opportunity. They re-signed him, so obviously they like him. Um, What are your expectations for him this season? 
I fully expect, that him, expect him to be a tight end one, which isn't really saying a lot, because um, I think the tight end one at the low end last year scored like 9.7 points or something. Right. Um, and in non-PPR, I don't even want to look at it. It's probably like six points a game. But I expect him to be a, a mid-range, uh, probably like tight end eight. There's 83 tight end targets available, just, just the ones that Witten gave up last year. Um, even if, if he does nothing but absorbs some of them, fine um and then also with you know randall cobb was running a lot of the same types of routes that a tight end would run um because he runs like a tight end now um i expect him to be at least around tight end eight really a guy i liked and last year it's funny you watch cowboy games and every time there was a big explosive play at tight end it's him you couldn't even see the number and then immediately they put Wayne in for a two-yard reception where he just falls down and dies <laughs> Yeah, and the other thing he that called, I like... Jason Witten falls down as part of his catch-passing catch process. Like, yes. That is actually built yes. into how he catches balls. He just falls down. Sorry, Dustin, what were you saying? Yeah, the other thing that I, I like about uh, him is that McCarthy traditionally, when, when the Packers had athletic, good tight ends, we would use them, and they got a lot of play. Uh, we're kind of towards the end of McCarthy's tenure here. We just had garbage tight ends, basically, Uh and I know a lot of people say that Rodgers just hates his tight ends, but I think it was more that they didn't have the tight ends they needed to fit in their scheme. So I feel like Jarwin fits more into McCarthy's mold of tight end. So that gives me a little bit of hope as well. Wait, are you suggesting that Blake Jarwin is better than Richard Rodgers? Is that what you're saying here? <laughs> Blasphemy. Blasphemy. What about Mercedes Lewis? Was he better than Mercedes? Dak has at least shown... Um, I can't speak to the Rodgers' hate of tight ends, but it does it does seem that way. Although he did have the ghost of Jimmy Graham for the last two years. That wasn't very good. But you know, Dak has seemed to target his tight ends. Mm-hmm. You know, not hyper-target them. It's not like 30% of the targets are going to go to them. But definitely enough where they're going to be fantasy viable if they're any good. I mean, Jason Whitman was a tight end one last year, and he couldn't walk. Like you, <laughs> like you said, Jake, um, he'd catch and fall down immediately. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. So, yeah, I like Jarwin enough. I don't think – I don't know. It's always tough to bank on an undrafted tight end and just say, yeah, you, he did get the paycheck, which is great. It wasn't exorbitant amount of money for a tight end, but it was for an undrafted tight end. So, I like that. He's a guy, like, I always try and punt the tight end position when possible. Um, so, there's a collection of guys that are around his range that I'd love to have, but he's uh, he's maybe chief among them. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's enough Cowboys talk, huh? Let's uh, <laughs> let's move on to the Giants. And Jake, do you want to do a little happy dance here with one of their uh, notable losses? I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, Eli Manning is gone. He's out of the league forever. Um, they can they can just stop talking about him for eternity now, um, unless they're referencing him and his dumb fucking face, and then they can talk about it as much as they want. Uh, yeah, Eli Manning's gone, which is great for two reasons. It's great just because Eli's gone, but it's great because now we get to see Daniel Jones uh, and let him play and see what he actually is. I thought Daniel Jones looked fine last year mm-hmm. when he got you know, brought in. Me and you, Dustin, had a bet about when he would actually get brought in. I thought it would have been a lot later than it was. I thought it was going to be about midseason, but came in around game three, I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, and he looked fine, so... I'm just happy that Eli's gone, let's be honest. Yeah, he flashed last year. He definitely had ups and downs, and I'm sure they weren't necessarily expecting him to play 
so early in the season. I think they're more forced into it, uh, just knowing that their season right out of the gate looked pretty much like it was over from the beginning. So uh, better to get him those reps and that experience early on rather than waiting. So uh, I expect him to take a step forward this season. You know, their their wide receiver core was pretty well decimated as well last season. They were missing wide receivers left and right. Uh, you know, their tight ends were injured. Barkley was out for a while. So a lot of a lot of his offensive weapons weren't on the field at the same time. So you got to cut him a little bit of slack, but I really liked what I saw from him. It, it's funny that you mentioned that their season was almost over from the beginning because I remember the Roto World blurbs about him last offseason was – the you know the Giants weren't going to play him until they were out of playoff contention, and then they stuck him in a game three. Oh, we have here. We know this isn't going to pan out. We're out of it. We're out of it. Eli's not taking this team. I like him too. I mean, he's got to get his fumbling under control because mm-hmm. uh, you know he fumbled a lot. I, I don't know what his hand size is, um, but it's it can't be great. Or he just holds the ball too carelessly. I don't know. He just fumbled way too much. But yeah, like you said, he didn't have Saquon for basically the whole season because after Saquon uh, sprained his ankle and everyone thought he was going to be done for the year, he probably should have just been done for the year because he never looked right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was definitely limited. Then you had Sterling Shepard had you know how many concussions? I, I don't even know. He missed games with concussions. Mm-hmm. Golden Tate, he, you know, I think he just missed the one game with him while he was uh, suspended for his uh, baby making pills. Mm-hmm. Evan Ingram was never healthy. Shock. Um, Darius Slayton looked really good. Mm-hmm. Darius Slayton's not a wide receiver one, and he shouldn't be a wide receiver one on a, in a on an NFL offense. I am interested to see what they do this year, though. Are they going to add any wide receivers in the draft? Um, I don't know their team well enough. I mean, obviously, their running backs set. You know, they're set at quarterback. You're never set at offensive line, so they could do that early. But you figure even if Sterling Shepard can stop getting concussions um, a full season with Golden Tate, if Evan Inger can play like maybe nine games, um, yeah, Daniel Jones, he's another guy I really do like. And he's got that rushing ability too, which is what you need nowadays since quarterbacks like Tom Brady and Drew Brees, they're just a dying breed. Like you need your quarterback to give you some rushing yards. Mm -hmm. So I like them a lot, even though he's a giant, still like them a lot. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. brought in Corey Coleman, so I think their wide receiver troubles are behind them uh, with Corey Coleman there. <laughs> no, I will be very curious because obviously this is such a deep wide receiver class that anybody who doesn't have a bona fide top two guys, it just seems like they'll probably take somebody. Uh, it just makes sense, or, or at least it's in consideration for them to do it. Yeah, Evan Ingram, I don't trust at all. Uh, if I'm drafting Evan Ingram... I am trying to get Caden Smith. Like, he's the only uh, tight end that I would ever consider handcuffing. Yeah. <laughs> because he's going to be getting four games, and then he's going to be gone. Caden Smith actually looked fine. Like, he looked fine in relief of Ingram and would actually be a top guy, you know, not as good. But he'd be a fine fantasy guy to have. But, yeah, I would actually handcuff a tight end with Evan Ingram, which is scary. I mean, Caden mm-hmm. Smith is a guy that, like, once in a while he can give you a tight end one week if he scores a touchdown. Evan Ingram, if he could stay on the motherfucking field, is a guy that could give you, like, wide receiver one weeks. Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what he showed in his rookie year. And I'm still holding on to it. But, yeah, it's like when, when Jordan Reed was going well, you're like, all right, I got to handcuff him. Who uses backup? Vernon Davis, great. 
It's not a great position to be in. But yeah. <laughs> you have to put yourself in there sometimes. You do not want to have tight ends. Right. I don't know. Barkley, number one possibility, I still think. Like, number one running back possibility. Obviously, CMC is the locked-in 101 for most people. I still really like Barkley. If he can just stay fucking healthy. If he gets 16 games in, maybe hot take, but I have him as my running back one. Dustin, what do you think? Yeah, I I would agree. I, he's definitely got that running back one upside. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough to say. I mean, both both franchises, you know, Carolina and New York, they both have new coaching staffs this year. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the running back is used in both those systems. But you can't deny the talent for either one of them. Uh, it's basically a toss-up at this point of who you would rather have because uh, they're both amazing when they're on the field. They both have the pass-catching ability, and they both run the ball really well. You know, it's just a matter of who your who your flavor is. Incorrect. It is Saquon Barkley without a motherfucking doubt. I, you know, I love that the guy has one down here when he basically tore his ankle because that's what a sprain is. It's a tear. Um, and they were talking like he was going to be out for multiple weeks, and he came back in like three weeks. He shouldn't have played. He should have, he should have sat out. Barkley is better than CMC. I mean, we all knew this two years ago. We all knew this three years ago. One season of him being injured. And everybody's like, oh, no, no, CMC is the greatest thing. Barkley's just as good a receiver. He's a better running back. He's more powerful. He's more explosive. He's faster. He's better than CMC. And that's not to say CMC isn't amazing. He is. Barkley is next level. So, uh, look, if I could trade CMC for Barkley and get anything back, I don't care if a fourth on the other side, do that all day because I I love Saquon. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I'm with you, Jake. I just – He's my 101 in Dynasty. He's my 101 in Redraft. And until I see him not perform um, in a full season, I mean, the guy was an RB12 last year playing on one fucking foot. Um, or, you know, he's a top 12 running back. This year, um, he's going to be healthy, assuming, you know, health. I, I just I don't see how he's not the number one running back in the league. But The only question I do have about him, to Dustin's point, is – Daniel Jones in terms of checkdowns. I loved Eli only because he checked down all the goddamn time to running back. So that was great for for Barkley. My only wonderment, that's not a word, but my only question here is with Teddy Bridgewater in the fold, does he check down to CMC so much? But they did add wide receivers there. I don't know, it's a possibility that maybe he ends up checking down more. Um, but in terms of just uh, just pure rushing ability, I still want Barkley. Um, but, you know, people are going to do what they're going to do, and that's fine. I did, you can have either one of them, and I have zero goddamn issues with it, obviously. But um, I'm interested. I don't know. Dustin, do you have um, Daniel Jones? Do you have him ranked like a firm ranking for quarterback right now? I don't. I haven't started my uh, projections for next season yet. I could see him in that low R- RB QB one range, in that kind of eleven to fourteen. Uh, assuming his weapons stay healthy, I mean that that's the big thing. I, I I think if his weapons stay healthy, he he definitely could be there. That team is terrifying to project for health. I will say <laughs> yeah. that is the most ter- maybe outside of the Eagles, like neck and neck. 
I don't know what to do with just uh, just that projection of that because none of it feels good right now. I don't I don't worry about Barkley South only because he's never had a history of being injured. But mm-hmm. yeah, Evan Ingram is made of China. Sterling Shepard is uh, Sterling Shepard, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sterling Shepard. Um, yeah, he's he, one hit away from being out of the league. Yeah, and then, you know concussions. It's just it only takes one more time, and mm-hmm. like, you, you hope the guy retires at that point. Even if you own him in fantasy, you're like, they just go away. Like, I don't want to be on Twitter in ten years and hear about you putting a bullet in your brain because you got CTE. Just hang it up. Yeah, can you and Jordan Reed and Brandon Cooks just yes. all hang out on a Zoom chat for a while <laughs> and stay away from the NFL, maybe? You guys are rich. Like, just go play, like, recreational, like, Saturday football with a bunch of, like, you know, 42-year-old dudes with pot bellies <laughs> like me. Um, but, yeah, you were right, Jake. I mean, look, Christian McCaffrey, Squam Barkley, if you have either one of them, you're, you're in good shape. Mm-hmm. It's not like one's going to significantly outscore the other. I mean, honestly, it's going to be within probably 20 points of one another. They're both exceptional. I just – I think you can – one thing, I can't imagine that Teddy Bridgewater is going to check down more than Kyle Allen did last year. Is that possible? It's a fair point. I mean, I don't know. I don't have a lot of confidence. To be fair, I haven't looked up the hard numbers for Bridgewater versus Allen. Uh, you know, so much of it is going back to his time with the Vikings, which isn't really fair to Bridgewater. Uh, he did check down a lot to Alvin Kamara last year, though. Yeah. But it's just, mm-hmm. I don't think it can be, I don't think it's just physically possible to do it more than Allen did. I mean, <laughs> what did he have, 130 targets? And not, like, rarely any of them were actual, like, all right, I'm running in a, a nine or, you know, I'm running right. here. A lot of them were dump offs and... I don't know. It's not, but Bridgewater is definitely not going to be utilizing Robbie Anderson. That, that's probably for sure. That's mm-hmm. unfortunate. All right. So let's uh, finish off here with Washington. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like we have to. Nobody likes to talk about them, but, you know, we, we have it's to. It's up so much on this episode. It's unfortunate. Yeah. It is. So. What's that? Who did they lose? So they lost Chris Thompson, Paul Richardson, uh, Vernon Davis, and Jordan Reed. Uh, no, one, no one really that was super helpful for their team. Uh, Chris Thompson, you could argue. Yeah, Chris Thompson, you could argue had some fantasy relevance in a flex position, but only when he was healthy, which he hasn't yeah. been able to stay healthy. So uh, not really a big loss. Obviously, no one else considers him. Uh, viable at this point because he's still a free agent so uh that about says what what the, everyone thinks on him uh but yeah they haven't really brought in a ton of people either you know as we said kyle allen rejoining his former coach but other than that just a bunch of jags you got peyton barber jd mckissick i mean it's nothing to write home about <laughs> They do have a lot of running backs, man. I mean, they have Adrian Peterson, Darius Geis, J.D. McKissick, Peyton Barber, Bryce Love. Mm-hmm. They just have like 86 injured running backs and then a 90-year-old running back. And they're like, you guys figure this out. Like, whichever one of you can make it through a week, you're, you're the starter. And you know mm-hmm. what? Actually, my money's on the 90-year-old. And that's yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> unscathed one out of that group. I think, if anything, these couple of signings, bringing in McKissick and Barber, it just makes if you had any confidence in Bryce Love, I don't know that you can possibly have that right now. I'm sure people do. I've, I still see it on Twitter plenty, um, but I, I don't. 
I don't have any real adherence to that backfield right now. Like, I'll still go for Geis just because he does have some upside. Um, it's still terrifying to mm-hmm. be in that position to own him, but I'll still target him. Is there anybody in the backfield that either of you guys actually truly want at this point? That's a strong word. Um, <laughs> Geis, you know, mm-hmm. it's still that tantalizing what we saw in LSU and then what the three games that he's played. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's looked good. If you can get him for, you know, maybe middle of the second in a one quarterback league and maybe a little later in a super flex, but I'm not going to give up a first form. Oh. Um, <laughs> AP, oof, no. Um, Bryce Love is free. I'll pick him up, but now there's really no one in that backfield other than guys if I can get him for the right price. Mm-hmm. I agree. And what are your thoughts about uh, Haskins there? I know... Um... Well, I'll tell you what. Bringing in Kyle Allen makes me feel good because he's a okay backup. You know, he's... he's I don't know. Competence is probably the best word for him, right? Like, you don't want him to be a starter. Not for a significant period of time because we saw what happened when mm-hmm. that happened last year. He looked okay the first few weeks and then just terrible. So they didn't go out and get someone like... Uh, Case Keenum, who I think was there last year, mm-hmm. which would be an actual threat. Like, oh, okay, this guy's not so good that he can easily take the job, but he's good enough that they, if Haskins flames out, that they'll you know start him. But I think this indicates that they're not going to go quarterback in the draft. And if they do, it's probably a third, fourth, fifth round type guy where you're like, okay, he's not taking Haskins. Job. Mm-hmm. Right. They'll go get maybe Eason or somebody like that, just kind right. of more depth, more competition for in training camp against opposing. There is one. Yeah, I like the Kyle Allen silent for signing for that reason, too. It's like, well, here's a guy who knows, uh, obviously knows the coach, and so they can just plug him in specifically for the offseason and training camps. And Well, this is going to be really easy to at least get the rest of my guys up to speed if I have somebody like him right. uh, who I can rely on. I said, uh, this is a bold take, and it's fucking stupid that it's a bold take, but I said Dwayne Haskins can very easily be a top 16 quarterback with the new coaching staff there, um, which doesn't say a lot, but it says a lot more than where he was last year, which was obviously just rough. Just so mm-hmm. rough. Everybody trashes Dwayne Haskins, but what did he have to work with? Like, it, was, it wasn't, he didn't, he, they were on their tight end three. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember who it was at this point. Jeremy Sprinkle. I only know because oh. some asshole tried to offer me him in a trade today as if it was some big thing. <laughs> he was part of that tight end class that we all thought was so deep, that Evan Ingram one um, and Joku, and it just turned out not to be as deep as we thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that might have been the Kittle one too, if I'm not mistaken, um, but I could be wrong. Anyway, um, so he had Terry McLaurin, that's it. <laughs> Calvin Harmon, Stephen Sims. Stephen Sims had the second most targets on that that uh, or reception. Mm-hmm. One. one of those, I think it was targets. Yeah, it was targets on that team for wide receivers. Chris Chris Thompson had the second most targets. Period with uh, fifty six. And barely um, played. Yeah. You know? And obviously, you're not throwing the ball to Adrian Peterson. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the problem. Is the one good healthy running back you have is completely adverse to catching the football. Um, so I don't know what people expected from him. Like you throw in a rookie quarterback behind a bad line with no position players, no skill players of any talent really, 
other than McLaurin. So, and he was a rookie too, so you can't expect the yeah. world from him. Also, yeah. So I I like them. I mean, they're gonna have to add wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to add tight ends. They they have to add everything really <laughs> on offense outside of quarterback. Um, and I think McLaurin, you know. He's going to be a solid wide receiver two, low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three throughout his career. But he's not a he's not a lead wide receiver, I don't think either. So they're another team that I won't be shocked if they end up coming out of the draft with Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb or someone like that. Um, but yeah, I like Haskins' uh, outlook and assuming they're going to draft some talent to put around them. And he's another guy you can get cheap coming off a bad rookie year. Yeah, I'm so really surprised they didn't add tight ends. What's that, Dustin? Are you surprised they didn't add any tight ends through free agency yet? A little bit, because they really have nothing on their team, uh, and it is a little surprising with this draft being, you know, not a tight end draft. Unless they're just going to punt the position basically until next year, where it's supposed to be a little bit better. But yeah, I'm a little surprised they didn't get a little bit more aggressive for the tight ends that were available in this off season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, guys like what Eric Ebron sitting out there, and he wasn't super expensive, mm-hmm. and that's a guy I think he's better than probably eighty percent of the starting tight ends in the league. You know, he's not George Kittle, he's mm-hmm. not Zach Ertz, he's not Travis Kelsey, he's not Mark Andrews. Um, he's a tier or two below that, but he's a lot better than what the hell they have there now. Mm-hmm. Least, you know, as a receiving option, he'd be the second best receiving option on that team. So. Even somebody like Tyler Eifert would have been a significant upgrade for them. Like, I know, obviously, we're talking about guys who can't stay healthy here. Yeah. It's stupid to bring up Eifert. But, hey, he finally played a full season, so so that's nice. Um, but, yeah, it's a little weird that they that they didn't go after anybody. I'm yeah. not so speaking of the wide receivers and speaking of McLaurin. I don't know. I, me and Dustin were just talking about this because it was offered in a trade uh, with McLaurin. And, or, you know, he was an option for a guy to go after compared to the likes of a DJ Chark or a Debo Samuel. To me, McLaurin is below those guys in terms of the rookie wide receivers. Uh, I, I, I know that he flashed hardcore last year, but I still don't love him as uh, like I would never treat him as a top 15 wide receiver. It's just not in the cards for me. For him, uh, I have tough putting him in the top twenty-four right now. Uh, I haven't, you know, I don't do rankings anymore because I hated them. And I, I you know, even in Dynasty, I'd be like, oh, I got to update this again. Oh wait, this just I got to update it because I don't do them. I can, I could see him being in my top twenty-four just off the top of my head. Top fifteen, though. I think he's a good receiver. I mean, he looked really good last year, but I think a lot of it is based off opportunity and. When there's no one else to throw to, you get like a 23% market share, which isn't, you know, crazy. But I think that'll come down to something like 20% when they have legitimate receiving options there other than him. Yeah, but do you think, though, because there was no other receiving options that the defenses could focus on him in the secondaries? Where if they have some other weapons out there that maybe then that produces some opportunities for him that he didn't have this year? I think those things all, almost cancel themselves out sometimes where it's like, oh, well, he's the only guy that they can throw to. Well, then, yeah, he's also the only guy that defense needs to focus on. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, which one is more important? I think, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know what the right answer there is. I just think you 
kind of look at those things and then look at the player himself and you're like, all right, does this guy, do I think he's a, a legitimate wide receiver one in the league? And I don't see that. I see him as a two. You know, he looked very good. And yeah, the, the defense is, with him being a rookie, there's a couple things to look at too. No one knew who the hell he was that first week when he, he destroyed the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no NFL tape on him. There's no reason to think that this is a guy that we need to focus on. Um, usually after three or four weeks, that's when the league starts to take notice. And no, they didn't shut him down. I will say that when he was the number one focus of the defense. At least I hope he was the number one focus of the defense <laughs> after that. Because if they weren't, I don't know what they are focusing on. Um <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's really hard to, to figure out what the right answer is there. I just, I don't think, and it, obviously it's my opinion, I don't think he's a guy that could ever be a wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. I'm low-key still interested in Calvin Harmon just because he's free. And I like wide receivers from that class that are going free right now. Um, and obviously he didn't do anything last year. But I'm still, he's like a guy that I'll stash, but everybody else from that team, again, aside from guys who I'll, I'll get if I can get really cheap. Some people still are selling him at his upside right now. And they're saying what you said earlier, Shane, which is, well, yeah, but remember LSU, remember LSU. So they're selling him based off of that. And so if, obviously I'm not going to pay that price to get him. Right. Uh, but I really like Haskins as one of my sleeper quarterbacks just to, to have because he's so late. He's just so late uh, in redraft formats and so cheap in Dynasty that uh, he's interesting. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay. Anything else about Washington we need to talk about here? Yeah, they're probably not going to be a very good team for several years, if ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they did they did finally get rid of uh, their GM. Uh, I forget his name. His dad was a very good GM, and he brought them lots of glory in the '80s with Joe Gibbs. Um, and he was not him. He was not his. He was not as good as his father, and he was trash. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's good. I like that they're bad because that's one less <laughs> thing to worry about every year. Yeah, that's an easy two games at least that you get to uh, to rally around. All right, Dustin, anything else that we need to get into here? No, I don't think so. If you guys feel good about this. Um, Shane, if there's any last things you want to plug here before we sign off. Oh, uh, check out my podcast uh, with my co-host, Michael Sipes and uh, Jeremy Brown. Awesome dudes. Uh, make sure you follow them. And you check out my writing if you want or not. I don't think Fantasy Pros is going to live or die with the, the clicks they get from my articles. But definitely check out the podcast. Because mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's, that's it's a lot that's of fun. I really love. Yeah, it, it's a fun one. It's one of those that uh, I look forward to every week uh, when they get released. So uh, I definitely enjoy your guys' banter and uh, the quality of podcasts that you have. We appreciate that. I'm going to speak for the other two and assume they appreciate a compliment, <laughs> but you know, maybe they don't. No, man, just you know, really cool that you guys let me come on. And mm-hmm. uh, thank you for working with me when I had to push back on the day. And, uh, I don't know. Just uh, hopefully we got the draft coming this week, so it's going to be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Thanks for coming on, man. No worries about – we're basically as low 
um, on the totem pole in terms of, uh, you know, being responsible for timing a podcast. <laughs> I am typically the person who has to push back just on our weekly schedule. And they say, Dustin, I'm so sorry, but can we once again push it back? And he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, we're pretty loosey-goosey here. You know, he's the stake and he knows that I'm the sizzle. So he can't do the podcast without the sizzle. So I have him right where I want him uh, in terms of scheduling. Our show, it's pretty funny. Is like uh, our show sheet says Tuesday, whatever date. Basically, Tuesday means Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Because like every week, it's like, all right, which one of the three days? So yeah, yeah, I'm you. We're all you. <laughs> I'm just glad that I have Dustin to actually hold me down here. I think that was important for me. So sounds like absolutely fucking melee for you guys, but I love it because the end product is uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Shane, for coming on. Uh, you're welcome anytime on the show. It was a lot of fun having you. And uh, like like we said, uh, tune into their podcast because it is a great one. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, man, for coming along. We appreciate it. Thank All you. right. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning in, folks. As always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, etc., etc. Uh, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts, you can find us. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. <laughs>